uh, welcome jaydeep sir to dhruva news conversations and uh, welcome to my podcast show from your busy hectic schedule you have given me the time i'm really privileged to have you on my platform and uh, before we begin thank you very much <laughs> yes sir before we begin uh, would you like to say uh, something regarding suicide since it's a sensitive yeah, topic I, yeah it's a sensitive topic it's an important issue but you know i would like to uh, start with the sort of appeal to those you know of your audiences readers viewers listeners that anybody who is feeling depressed and has suicidal tendencies should and must uh, seek help there's no uh, problem in that there's no shame in that helps you, you or she, he or she can seek help uh, you know in from the people they are comfortable with and they can confide in or they can also sort of reach out to the helplines available now across india you know i can suggest national institute of mental health sciences in bengaluru or department of applied psychology university of mumbai they have got good helplines and i think they should uh, and must seek help that is what i wanted to start with right so that is a very good guidance for uh, the young generation especially who can't cope up these days with stress and I, from here i would like to uh, begin uh, how did you get uh, into the agrarian issues of india Uh, i mean mostly investigative journalism is about crime and you know all the serious topics of national defense or maybe intelligence so how did you have that interest what is that inspired you into getting into this line of investigation well i think uh, one of my very early memories is that my childhood friends i grew up in a small town in south of vidarbha and my childhood schoolmates were all from agrarian background and my parents were okay we i was not from a very wealthy family we were well to do but we were lower middle class family and my friends and i had uh, 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 we were poles apart in many ways uh, in terms of social background in terms of economic backgrounds and i would often uh, go to their homes to their households and and i think that's where my early uh, connect with uh, with agriculture or with rural india started but later uh, in i grew up in and i studied in nagpur i shifted from my parental home and i lived uh, came to to for higher studies in nagpur and when i passed out of my uh, graduation and i i was enrolled into a, a mass communication course that very year uh, sainath's book everybody loves a good drought had come out it was gifted to me it was gifted to me by my uh, one of my faculty members at the department and i was so inspired by that book and i think it's not just me everybody loves a good drought is a kind of book that has inspired a generation of reporters uh, particularly my generation and in my first assignment i think i uh, began to report on people who were on margins uh, as a cub reporter i was assigned to do everything but i remember that you know during the legislative legislature session in nagpur 
I was assigned to cover protests by people who were displaced by a big dam, which was coming up near Nagpur. And I was, that was my first entry. I looked at the protests, but I went beyond the protests and I began to uh, report them from their villages. Uh, they were about to be displaced. And I think from there onwards, my journey into uh, sort of rural India has not stopped. Uh, you know, I looked at displacement. I traveled across the country on a fellowship in 2000 that exposed me to the different parts of the country. And while I was reporting on displacement, people who are displaced by development projects, I realized that people also migrate. They don't, they are not simply displaced. There's a very small population that is displaced by development projects, but a vast population actually migrates out of their uh, villages for almost six to nine months for work. And my query was, why do they migrate? And I think that query led me to understand the structural problems in agriculture. And I realized that there is no one reporting. Of course, my Sainath, who now is my mentor, and I was fortunate that uh, I could tag along with him in, in his journeys. And uh, so I call myself his mobile student. I was, I was never in his classroom. He, he never taught me in a classroom, but there's not a single moment that I, uh, I've, there's not a single moment that I've spent with him where I've not learned any new thing, uh, whether it's a skills, journalistic skills or issues. And some of my editors uh, with whom I work, my first editor who unfortunately passed away earlier this year was the one who actually, uh, you know, raised this, framed this question for me, journalism for whom and journalism for what? So whenever I'm in doubt, I go back to this fundamental question, who do I want to report? On whom do I want to report? And why do I want to be a journalist? And I think there's no competition in uh, this sort of reporting. Uh, there's no competition in reporting on the countryside, very few people who, who would, and I love doing that. I love traveling and I get paid for that. But uh, beyond traveling, understanding this country is to basically understand the complex world of uh, the countryside. So I think from displacement, I began to look into migrations and from migrations, I began to look into the structural problems of agriculture and, and you know, while I was reporting on that, so, you know, farmer suicides have been a major issue in the region I live, with Darba. And from one story to another, from another issue to another, it uh, went on. Um, so, uh, so it's been an education all along for me. So, so 25 have, years of yeah. education, open university, you can say. Yeah, so sir, we have, uh, as you mentioned, farmer suicide, we have heard and seen a lot about farmer suicide on media and mainstream media, and there are movies and there are books, there are series, a lot of things about farmer, but what is altruistic suicide? Uh, can you explain that? And is it widely spread all over India or just Maharashtra? No, see, uh, you know, you have to go back to the, uh, where, did, where did this word come from and what does it like mean? You know, this comes from uh, very famous, or one can say the father of social, among the first uh, sort of exponents of sociology or uh, masters of sociology as a discipline, French philosopher named Emily Durkheim, who uh, was looking at the post-industrial, uh, post-industrialization changes in Europe. 
and he uh, his empirical classical work less suicide uh, which is uh, in english been translated as suicide uh, was a, is the first major dive into the aspects of suicides in the post industrial europe changes in industry in, in european society and he explains in that uh, several categories of suicides as a, he type gave a typology coined a typology for a certain uh, set of uh, suicides like for instance he said that if there is an extreme uh, breakdown in 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 society due to structural changes they could be economic social turmoil caused by certain things they lead to a specific kind of wave of suicides which he categorized as anomie um, you know then he uh, uh, kind of also coined a typology called fatalistic suicide you know some in, during the war times or whatever yeah. or uh, you know uh, then he th then the third uh, category which uh, there are three or four categories the third category where he said that a lot of people do and take their lives they end themselves uh, for the benefit of others it's kind of an altruism right you know giving up life for others you see it among soldiers you see it among you know many many of those suicides uh, you know so altruism is a sort of an emotion it's an important uh, sociological construct um so therefore altruistic suicides do exist um they exist not just in india they all they exist everywhere uh, all over the world so in some some countries rate of suicides or what we call incidence of suicides is less in some countries it's more in some states in india the the incidence or the suicide rate um, is less in some states it's more in certain certain professions it is more like why why do why did farmer suicides become a, an important issue is because uh, from the if you look take the population uh, and if you take certain regions the incidence of suicides is very high like in vidarbha it is very high in telangana it was very high in kerala it was it is very high so among the farmers committing ending their lives unfortunately there are few states that are where the, this rate is very high but that's not the only thing i mean uh, india has uh, seen a very huge and sweeping wave of suicides by housewives that is another category which is troubles in fact the number of housewives committing suicides is is uh, is huge um, and that uh, remains understudied uh, understudied and I, and I, there have been some inquiries into that uh, of late you see students young students committing uh, suicides and i think uh, that also has to do a lot with uh, the changes in uh, in our society so altruistic suicides the one the story that you read a uh, story of a, a young girl uh, daughter of a farmer who took her own life because she felt that you know ending her would be better for the family so it was kind of an altruism which was very sad uh, and uh, for personally i i feel that uh, suicides among children of farmers exist but it's not in terms of incidence it's not high but still is alarming but i think so would be the case with overall trends of altruistic suicides all over the country they are they are sad they are 
um, you know, when someone feels that, you know, it's better to end my life to support the others, uh, that's a situation that one would not want our society to be, to be at. Right. So has the government taken any steps to curb this? Or are there any support system that these children, they get the farmer's children regarding? The yeah, see, you know, uh, Indian state or Indian government uh, or, you know, real society as a whole doesn't really look at suicides as an outcome or a fallout of, uh, of structural economic changes as Emily Durkheim would say, or later several economists would study. So there have been, uh, there have been some sort of steps and interventions that I would call band-aids. Indian countryside has been left behind uh, 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 the curve. I mean, left behind in economic uh, prosperity uh, by and large, uh, generally. There are, of course, areas of exception I'm not saying that uh, everybody who lives in urban India is well off. There, are, there is an issue of urban poverty as well. Um, there are people, working classes that are struggling in urban landscapes also. But generally, uh, well-to-do families, if you compare with middle classes, um, agriculture and uh, agriculture sector as an as a, as overall, uh, and those dependent on that sector directly and indirectly have been um, have been in economic uh, crisis for a very long time now. So whatever interventions or steps the government, state governments or central governments have taken successively haven't really helped because it's a, it is a complex issue and it needs far bigger engagement of the state and the society than merely saying, okay, I'll give you a loan waiver or okay, I'll you know, give you this scheme, I'll give you, I'll find you a borewell or give you a solar power pump, doesn't fix, it does, it won't fix, um, you know, your skies that are completely shattered. It's like providing a, a sort of a bandaid or a stitch or a, a rafu, doing a rafu to a, to a, you know, completely scattered, shattered sky. Right. So, so you're a part... So, so your question to, to just to, sum up in one line to your question, what has state, has state done anything? Yes, it has, but government, but that is not enough. Uh, they think they've done enough, but it's really a, a drop in the ocean. Right, but Sir Pari Network has highlighted this issue through you, you, you being a core member of the network. So what else does uh, Pari Network uh, do for the rural India? Like what are the issues that you're working on? Pari, and how, how we all help uh, out? See, People's Archive of Rural India is really India's first, you know, in, in order to say first uh, people-supported media. Um, all of us in Pari have been reporters or editors um, in our previous avatar. It's somewhere we've worked. But uh, there's so little space uh, given to uh, rural India in mainstream India uh, mainstream media yeah. that Pari came, Pari was founded by our mentor Sainar, P. Sainar. And uh, uh, its origin lies in, uh, you know, in his years and years of reporting from the countryside. He, actually, he is the pioneer and to us, he's a sort of a pillar uh, 
we all we i mean people like me would not have envisioned uh, a specialized reporting beat called rural india if he were not uh, doing it um, so sort of we are offshoots of his uh, you know his a sort of um, this is a milestone uh, you know his book was a milestone in, in journalism in india so so his so the roots lie in his reporting and uh, they kind of uh, were cemented in the post liberalization changes in indian media which is fully corporatized uh, is no problem with that but the but the issue is that a very heavily corporatized and profit driven media would then uh, begin to shy away from the issues of our times which is what we see the television media they don't show you they don't report what they do is they show you arguments and fights and you know yeah. uh, basically uh, you know roadside uh, fights are basically the stories of uh, television media whereas for an indian society we we do need a very vibrant serious committed media that shows you what is going on in the country so people's archive of rural india is both a a living journal and a breathing archive that's what and it and we wanted to tell the stories of average common you know people in a so our storytelling in a way if you follow pari you will find that we have we bring voices that usually uh, won't uh, you know to whom usually the media won't go it is important uh, for a media, for any journalist to a frame the framing of a story who do you, how do you frame your story that is important uh, as a because it it there is a lot of decision making and editorial decision making involved and b what are the voices you are bringing into that story so you know a, an ad, a pr professional talking about countryside would would not really be you know but that's what happens you know it it yes. doesn't it doesn't fit into that you need farmers voices let's say if you want to inquire what are the farmers aspirations about a budget an annual story so who are the farmers uh, uh, being spoken to by the mainstream media or the corporate media they would be people sitting uh, in you know uh, air typically yeah yeah typically for no that's fine you know someone sitting in air conditioned place with good insight is okay but you need farmers to talk you need farmers to tell you what they feel rather than someone telling you that what are farmers feeling so we don't need a via media so paris people's archive of rural india's basic uh, you know thing is to a uh, create spaces for the uh, for that sort of journalism we 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 are trying to a democratize uh, the media deepen the voices and tell the stories of the countryside in all their seriousness all the good and bad that happens in the countryside um, and it's not a very you know um, it's a reporter driven uh, model um, and we we believe that explanatory and investigative journalism is not just about political or crime or you know there is a great deal of uh, work to be done Uh, to tell what is happening in people's life what is happening in our society so that's what pari is about it's one of the several interesting uh, uh, 
initiatives or interesting i wouldn't call it a model i don't use the word model but it's an interesting and important uh, platform uh, that is emerging out of the need and want for a very strong people driven and people supported media right so so according to you what is the pressing issue that farmers are fa facing in the modern world right now well frankly uh, not not a pressing issue there are pressing issues rather you know there's an issue of income basically there is an there are agro there is an agroecological spiral to it you know the, the agroecology is in trouble uh, there's a strong environmental you know dimension to the to the crisis there are problems with regard to soil organic inorganic material content inputs and you know you can go on adding verticals and this goes up to market and income ultimately uh, you know almost half your country is unable to subsist and survive and exist with very modest means what are what are their aspirations the modest aspirations so if i am not able to dream of modest aspirations and are unable to uh, survive in a highly competitive global market uh, economy uh, where global capital dominates our everyday life almost every single second you know whether be it your smartphone or internet or whatever here is a huge vast population of your country which is uh, which is unable to fulfill their its modest whether it's education or a modest house or enough food to eat you know good conditions to grow up all that you know is uh, is in shambles so uh, there's no pressing there's actually pressing issues uh, we we as a society sinat calls it a civilizational crisis and i agree with it because uh, agriculture was among the first major jumps uh into when the civil in the process of civilization modernity it has it is now lagging behind uh, the other sectors and the productive masses are struggling ultimately a farmer is a productive uh, you know person he, he produces something and yet he is in trouble whereas the unproductive masses are making uh, and walking away with the wealth that this country creates so he creates wealth we walk away with the profits so i think that's an untenable situation i don't know uh, historically you know similar situations in the past have led to great turmoils in societies in in those eras uh, and i shudder to think I, i hope we as a society respond to this because it's been a long time that people have been under severe economic stress right So, sir, before we wrap up, uh, you have come up with your new book, Rama Rao, which again deals with the lesser-known facts of being a cotton farmer, I guess, and it deals with suicide as one of the subjects. So, can you tell us something about your book and where the viewers can find it and you know read? I I hope you pick up a copy uh, sure, as well. Sure. Rama Rao, Rama Rao is my protagonist. I uh, you know I wanted to tell. the story of what has happened in vidarbha for quite some time it was in my mind uh, but i didn't want to tell the story of death or suicide as i say 
I wanted to tell how farmers live rather than why they do, why do they die or why they die, why they choose extreme step. It so happened that during one of my journeys into Vidarbha, I met my protagonist um, by chance. Uh, he, he had survived a very serious suicide attempt. I think I met him. It was second, uh, two days after he, he was back home from hospital. Uh, so I think, uh, I, so I decided to stay with him, to spend some time with him. And I kept on visiting him, revisiting him. And over seven, eight years of my uh, uh, sort of engagement with my protagonist and his life, uh, I have tried to tell his story, but also through him, the broader issues that Indian peasantry confront. Uh, so Ram Rao is, is a, uh, I mean, I've written it in a first person. So uh, Ram Rao is kind of uh, a, an effort, a small effort to contribute to the body of work that will, uh, that explains uh, to the reader. And my, I've, I've written it for a very general, you know, common reader who may or may not uh, understand the intricacies of uh, agriculture or agrarian economy or policy. So I have not used very, you know, complicated jargons. Mm -hmm. What I've done is I've tried to tell a, tell one story out of the hundreds that exist today in the countryside. Ramrao was published uh, uh, on the, the 18th of August. It has just come out by, by HarperCollins, uh, India. And uh, I am sort of, uh, I'm very uh, privileged and I'm very uh, uh, sort of, I'm grateful to my publisher because, you know, it was, it would have been very difficult to publish this book, but they believe that uh, it's a story worth telling. And, uh, and so it's out, it's just out. So it's available on digital platforms on Amazon, or on Flipkart, um, on different uh, e-commerce sites, but also available now. I'm sure it's uh, several bookstores are uh, keeping the copies. So the readers and your viewers, you can go and pick a copy in maybe Crossword in Pune. I'm sure it, it, they have it now. Right. So, uh, sir, before... Find out and let me know your feedback as well. Sure, sir. So before we say the final goodbye, any message uh, you would like to give our viewers and our listeners? No, I would repeat the same thing that if there is anybody who uh, uh, anybody who is feeling depressed and has suicidal thoughts, there's no shame in confiding and consulting and reaching out to the near and dear ones. If there's uh, that, I think, you know, we can, we can stop someone from uh, dying and there is always uh, help available. Uh, you just have to trust that uh, feeling that, you know, you have to share it with somebody. That is one. And for the journalist friends, uh, I think, uh, you know, if they're doing 10 stories on uh, lifestyles, I think they can pick one or two stories uh, from the toiling masses, from the people who would otherwise not be heard. Their stories are equally important. They are, they make our country uh, what, what our country is. They, they are part, uh, they, are, they are an integral part of our society as well. Our society is enriched uh, by these masses. Uh, so I think it's also our bounden duty and responsibility to tell their stories and to tell what's happening in their lives as well. 
Right. So thank you so much, Jaydeep sir, for giving us your time on Rune News podcast, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you.